The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. There's a there's an old cliche out there that's been around for a while. You may have heard of it. It goes like this. It goes, uh, that has gone by way of the dodo. That has gone by way of the dodo. Obviously referring to the dodo bird, meaning something that is, that is extinct. The dodo bird has been extinct for, well, almost 500 years. And... The dodo has long been associated with or has been an acronym for something that has been extinct. Hey, that's gone by way of the dodo, as they put it. However, in recent, recently, at the uh, MIT Technical Review, in the MIT Technical Review magazine, it states that scientists at the Colossal Biosciences in Austin, Texas, Colossal Biosciences in, in Austin, Texas, have recently or are recently working on resurrecting the dodo, resurrecting the dodo bird. Now, here's how they're going to do it. They're, they're going to bioengineer this. Uh, they're going to take a pigeon, which is a distant cousin, the, the Nicobarg, the nickel bar pigeon is a distant cousin of the dodo, and they're going to take that pigeon and they're gradually, incrementally going to convert it, its DNA, which they got from a from an extinct dodo bird. They took the they were able to retrieve the DNA from there, and they're going to incrementally take this pigeon and make it. They hope a dodo, a dodo bird. And they're going to do it again incrementally. So they don't know how long it's going to take, and they're hoping it's going to happen. And I share that story about extinction because there are many people in this world today that believe that the godly definition of marriage has gone the way of the dodo. The godly definition of marriage, marriage today, has gone by the way of the dodo. It has long been extinct. It no longer exists. God's intent for marriage no longer exists in our world today. It's gone by the way of the dodo. And why not? Why shouldn't we believe that? We read all these surveys and we see all the data that divorce is skyrocketing. One service shows that the divorce rate has reached and has surpassed, the divorce rate has reached and surpassed 50%. Half, maybe even a little over half the marriages end up in divorce, including Christian marriages. Other surveys show whether well, the divorce rate is slowing down. 
it is slowing down considerably. And they attribute that to the fact that people are just living together. They're not getting married, they're just living together. So if you just live together, you're not gonna get a divorce. That's why it is no surprise that divorce is high. It is no surprise that marriage infidelity is attributed to is the is the leading the leading contribution to divorce. Marriage infidelity, meaning the marriage unfaithfulness, is the leading cause of divorce. Why? Why is that common? Well, in, in an article from the American Association of Marriages, they say that 25% of married men and 15% of married women had extramarital affairs in their marriage. Listen, my beloved friends, brothers and sisters, godly marriage is never going to be extinct. Never. So long as we continue to dig into God's Word, so long as we continue to get into passages like the one today, it will never be extinct. It will never go by the way of the dodo. This evening, we're continuing our sermon series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, found in, in the Gospel of St. Matthew. The critical issue in our passage today is fidelity in marriage. Fidelity in marriage. This is a difficult subject. In fact, for the last, what, two or three weeks since Jesus started preaching his sermon, he has been hitting us with the reality of divine truth. And the reason it's so hard on us is because we're broken, and the world is broken, and his truth stands forever. This is a difficult passage because divorce is a controversial and complex subject. Divorce is a subject that touches people emotionally in a very, at a very deep level. I would dare to say most of us, if not all of us, have been impacted by divorce somehow. So many of us, when we hear the, the word divorce or when we talk about divorce, the, the, the subject of divorce evokes a keen sense of sadness, regret, and failure. Why? Well, because there is nothing that brings more sadness and depression than an unhappy, failed marriage. The major contributor to this problem, uh, one of the major contributors to this problem of divorce, Come from many, it's done by many pastors that fill our pulpits. Many pastors have done an injustice to God's word. How? By ignoring or neglecting to preach on the subject of marriage and divorce. By ignoring and neglecting to preach on passages such as the passage we're looking at today. Today, we do have an opportunity to listen to God's Word, 
and to try to better understand what God's Word is telling us about divorce and marriage. As some of you may be thinking to yourself, why should I care about what is being spoken in today in God's Word today? Well, here's why. If you're married, our passage reiterates the importance of fidelity, faithfulness in marriage, regardless of your struggles and the issues that you may be encountering. Those attacks are Satan or his minion, and they're going to be many trying to destroy your marriage. What you need to do is bring Christ into the middle of that marriage and trust in his promises. And if you're listening to this and you are divorced, and you are divorced and have been struggling through the difficulties of getting over your marriage, this passage is a reminder that God, our God, is a loving God. He is full of grace. Surviving a failed marriage that resulted in divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Is not it? Is not an unforgivable sin. Divorce, even infidelity, that led to divorce, is not an unpardonable sin. God can forgive. Sin. God does forgive sin. And there is hope in our Lord. There is hope. There is always hope. Our Lord is a gracious, gracious God who forgives sin, even the sin of divorce and infidelity. And yes, please understand that there are situations where God allows a certificate of divorce to be used. Remember, remember this, a certificate of divorce is not a commandment. It doesn't say, thy shall get divorced. It says, thy shall not commit adultery. And we're going to get into why this certificate came about here in just a second. But a certificate of divorce is not a commandment. It was allowed by God. God allowed Moses to write that certificate. But Jesus tells us that he did that because of the hardness of hearts. Surprise, surprise. The hardness of our hearts. God permitted it to be written. But Malachi 2, verse 16, makes it abundantly clear that God hates divorce. God's commandment, nowhere states that thy shall be or shall, shall get divorced. Again, it states that thy shall not commit adultery. There's a difference. Divorce is permitted under certain circumstances, but it's not preferred by God. And that's what we need to understand. He does permit it. Certain circumstances, but just but he doesn't prefer it. Finally, as we look at our passage, those of us who are looking at this passage, if you're not married, if you've never been married, if you're single, 
or if you are divorced and maybe planning someday to remarry, our passage today is for you. Why? It reveals something about marriage that you may not know. Our passage touches on the lifetime commitment of joy that marriage, the oneness of marriage brings to the married couple because of God's blessing on the marriage couple. So here's the question for you. The big question, do you trust in God's promises? Do you trust in the promises of God? Our oneness in Jesus Christ permits no desire without love. Therefore, in marriage, trusting the invisible promises of God that bring joy are far greater than succumbing to the visible fruits of lust that lead to a divorce. Trusting God. Oh, we say that about everything, but especially in marriage. See, sometimes marriage can, and those of us who have been married or who are married, know what I'm talking about. Sometimes our marriage seems hopeless. And we don't know what to do anymore. And we're ready to give up. And God calls us to continue to trust him, to believe in him. And if both hearts are committed to him, then the, then the married couple will come together will continue to come and stay together. Fidelity in marriage restores order to the state of chaos that marriages are in today. It's a state of chaos. Now, to better understand what, what's going on in our passage and what Jesus is telling us, we need to look at what the law is actually teaching, what the law actually teaches and what the scribes and Pharisees were teaching, and then what Jesus says about this. So we start with the question, what did the law of Moses really teach? Well, the answer to that can be found in the Old Testament. We go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 24, the, the, the entire chapter, but I'm just going to read you the first verse of chapter 24 of Deuteronomy. It says this, when a man takes a wife and marries her, if he then finds no favor in his eyes because he found some indecency in her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house and she departs out of his house. That's how it starts. The certificate of divorce, put it in her hand, send her away. Now, there's background to that. There's background going on to that. Now, the first thing when we read, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 24, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice that it doesn't talk about adultery. It doesn't say anything about adultery. It talks about divorce. Now, why is that? Well, because if someone committed adultery, what would happen to them? They would be stoned to death. If somebody's dead, there's no need for a divorce. If one of the spouses is dead, is executed, there is no need for divorce. The punishment for adultery, like the other commandments in the Decalogue, is death. 
that. That is why there's no mention. There is no mention of adultery. Divorce is a boot issue if somebody is, is one of the spouses is executed. When divorce enters marriage because of adultery, one of the spouses is executed. There's no call for divorce. There's no need to talk about divorce. Now, so why is it in there? What happened? Well, the, the men, the husbands knew about this. They knew that if they committed adultery, they would be executed if somebody found out. So what did they do? Well, back at that time, women had, women had no rights. They were, they were thought of poorly. They, they were just poorly thought of. They were, no, they were nobody. Their property of men. Okay, it's not like that today, okay, so don't get mad at me. That's the way it was back then. That was the reality back then. So when a man got tired of his wife for any reason, he would just kick her, kick her out of his house. He, he wouldn't divorce her. Uh, how? God didn't permit it. God hates divorce. So what would that woman do? Well, the woman would go out there and have to fend for herself. She had to take care of herself. And no one would have anything to do with her. No one would want to take care of her. No other man would want to take care of her because then they, they would people would think that they that they were committing adultery or something. So they would they would stay away. So Moses, so God commanded Moses to write a certificate of divorce and put it into the woman's hand so he could send her on her way, and she would now be divorced. And guess what? She's now divorced, she can remarry. He can remarry another man who will take her into his home and, take, and provide for her and care for her. That's why it was written into the law. Among other reasons, that was the primary reason why it was written into the law. And it was also written, if you read Deuteronomy, that if this other second, her second husband died or gave her a certificate of divorce, and she was divorced again, her first husband could not remarry her because he had been defiled. And it goes on like that. It just goes into detail about what was going on. Divorce was, was valid, was allowed for reasons, for those reasons. Adultery was not. Adultery would terminate in an execution, an execution of one of the spouses. Now, can you imagine that being the law of the land today? Can you imagine if the law of the land was the same as it was back in Jesus' time, back in Moses' time? Wouldn't you think that people would be more cautious and careful about choosing a spouse? Wouldn't you think that people would be more careful about deciding to, to terminate their marriage? Even bigger than that, would you think that the wife or the husband would run from committing adultery because it would end up in their execution? They would cease to exist. Can you imagine that? If that was the law of the land today, you would think that it would have certainly have adultery under control. You would think, but you would be wrong because it didn't. It didn't. It, it, the, the, the men would continue to boot their wives out. 
And then when they were allowed to write her a certificate of divorce, a certificate of divorce, they would use any excuse to divorce their wife. If they just quit liking their wife, not, and I didn't say love, I just said quit liking her, they would write her a certificate of divorce and vote her out of the house. If she, it, it goes on to talk about if she birthed the fajitas or something that got to on the stove, they would divorce her and boot her out of the house. It, get, it became a joke. It was a joke. Marriage was a joke. Divorce was chaos. It was in chaos. It had no meaning anymore. And, and that was a struggle that was taking place. The problem is that God hates divorce because it tears the oneness of marriage apart. It tears the marriage apart. And anyone who has had anything to do with a divorce knows the struggles that happen in a marriage when it is torn apart by divorce. Moses was allowed to write a provision that was called a certificate of divorce because of the chaos that was going on. And even after they, they implemented this provision, this certificate of divorce, it, it got even worse. And that was partly because of the men and the way they handled divorce, and partly because of the interpretation of the scribes and Pharisees and the way they interpreted the law. The law, thy shall not commit adultery, Never commanded anyone to divorce his or his wife. Never did. It just says you will not commit adultery. The emphasis was on divorce, not adultery. The, the scribes and Pharisees took it upon themselves to, to expand, to expound on the reasons for divorce. According to scribes and Pharisees, the condition for divorce included uncleanliness. Anything that the husband viewed uncleanly about his wife, that was those were grounds for divorce. It was chaos. Any ridiculous reason they could come up with, they used it for grounds for divorce. Listen, the, the scribes and Pharisees were not interpreting the law correctly. They were merely trying to avoid the law of God. Isn't that what we do? We're like scribes and Pharisees. We're trying to, well, we know we can't do something. We try to reinterpret it and make it better so we can go ahead and sin, so we can go ahead and break the law by reinterpreting the law. That's going on today in churches, by the way. Many issues in churches, by the way, uh, that, 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 are, that are issues, big issues of life are being reinterpreted, that God's word is being reinterpreted so it can water down God's law. So it will not be offensive to those who are coming and worshiping. So it will not be offensive to those who are supporting the church. That continues today. We are scribes and Pharisees. So this brings us to what Jesus says about divorce and marriage. The Lord makes it clear. When he says, everyone who divorces his wife except on grounds of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's big. 
Because if you divorce your wife and, and the conditions of your divorce are not permitted by God's word, which is Jesus says sexual immorality, later on, after he's crucified and rises and Paul and the church starts growing and the church goes out to the Gentiles, Paul writes about what do you do if, if, a, if to the Corinthians, the first letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes a letter to them because you had new Christians, a new husband or a new wife who were married to a non-Christian, pagans, and they wanted to know how to handle this. What do we do here? Well, Paul tells them that they are to stay. Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. Now, Paul tells them that they are to stay. Uh, if, they, if your spouse wants to stay with you, allow him or her to stay. But if they want to leave because you're a Christian, allow them to leave. And that, that became known as abandoning the marriage. If one of the spouses abandons the marriage, then it is permissible to get a divorce. That's what, those are the two conditions in Holy Scripture that allowed for divorce. Sexual immorality and abandonment. Many people will describe an abusive husband or wife, whether it's verbal or physical, as abandoning the marriage. But so, so those are the two reasons for divorce. Nothing is a cause for divorce except for fornication, sex outside the marriage bed, and abandonment. It does not matter whether your divorce is a difficult, uh, I'm sorry, it does not matter whether your marriage is a difficult marriage and you're going through a very difficult time and there's strain on your marriage and you are to stay with, with that, stay with your spouse and work it through, bringing the Lord right into the middle of your marriage. Martin, uh, let's see, theologian Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, he says this, Nothing is to nothing is to dissolve the indissolvable bond save one thing, and that is sexual morality. It is this question of the one flesh again, and the person who is guilty of adultery has broken the bond and has become united with another. When somebody commits adultery, they have broken the bond of oneness of marriage, and they have been joined with another. They have now ripped apart the marriage because of sexual immorality, because of fornication. Again, while a certificate of divorce is allowed and can be grounds for a divorce, it is not what God prefers. God hates marriage. God allowed that to happen because of the hardness of hearts. That's what Jesus talks about in Matthew Chapter 19. In Matthew chapter 19, when when the, when the Pharisees and scribes try to to uh, trick Jesus, asking him asking him the question about divorce and the causes of divorce, Jesus turns it on him and he takes him back to Genesis and to the reason that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined as one into one flesh in marriage. He says. Because of the hardness of your heart, God permitted you to get a divorce. But it was never intended that way. It was never meant to be that way. But Jesus even takes them back to Genesis. 
and reminds them of their hardness of hearts. As we look at this, as we look at just these two verses here, what do we need to hear? What do you need to hear? What do you need to know? Well, you need to know that adultery is not the unpardonable sin. Again, it is not the unforgivable sin. If you are a Christian, take heart. Take heart and realize that God's grace abounds. God's grace abounds. And it is demonstrated time and time again in Holy Scripture. You remember the story in John chapter 8 about the woman caught in the act of adultery. She was caught in the act of adultery. She was grabbed, dude, drugged, and thrown down in front of Jesus. And then they asked, the scribes, the Pharisees, and these men who did this, asked the Lord in an effort to entrap him, to trick him, to say something against the law. They asked him about what they should do with this woman. You know, it says that the commandments ordered us to stone her, to put her to death. What say you, Jesus? What say you, Jesus? You recall what happened? Now remember, you got to remember that the nude woman that's in front of Christ is now, her life is at stake. They've already begun to pick up the stones that they're about to execute her with, and they're asking Christ, what say you about what we should do with her? Waiting for, for him to say something against the law. And then they're going to execute both of them. Isn't that wonderful? That's what the religious leaders wanted to do all along. Get rid of this man named Christ. So what happens? What happens when they ask the author of the Decalogue, the author of the Ten Commandments, what they should do with this woman? Well, Jesus himself tells them, uh, shows mercy, shows grace, and, to, and calls out to them saying, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. See, Christ breaks through the frenzy of their violence. I mean, they're ready to kill. It's a frenzy. It's a mad frenzy. It's like those cops that had this mad frenzy and a person dies. It's like that. It was engulfed in Satan. And they were ready to kill. And the, our Lord says, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Our, our Lord breaks the frenzy of the violence that's in their soul. He penetrates into their soul and causes them one by one to leave, to drop their stone and leave. And after they had left, Jesus stands up before the woman and says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? The woman replies, no one, Lord. Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Our God is a gracious God. He's a merciful God. He provides truth for us to live our lives so that we can live the beautiful life, the blessed life that he intends for us to believe, that he intends to shower us with gifts of blessings. And we want to turn away. We want to reject him, thinking that this other path is better for us. 
We're deceived. And God continues to shower us with grace upon grace upon grace. Godly marriages have not gone by the way of the dodo bird. They're, they're, they're not going to be restored incrementally. They are here today, here and now, with those who have committed their life to being married to their spouse and being led by the glory of God even in their hard times. And God will bless them. God will keep them together. And sometimes there needs to be severe and hard times for that marriage to come closer so they can bond together even that much more. Our God is a wonderful God in oneness. Our oneness in Jesus Christ permits no desire without love. Therefore, in marriage, trusting the invisible promises of God that brings joy are far greater than succumbing to the visible fruits of lust, which leads to divorce. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Father, we... You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at stephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.